thing you ever could desire? Uh, what would make you give it up? What would make you give up really anything of value, anything that you could ever wish for, unless it would be to gain something better, to gain something greater. Jesus, in eternity past, shared an equal standing, an equal status with the Father. And the Apostle Paul tells us in the book of Philippians that he emptied himself. He poured it all out. He gave it all up. He left the splendors of heaven and everything uh, that he had to come down and to wrap himself in the flesh of an infant child and to live in this world. And why would he do that? Well, I would like to take just a few minutes as we close the service and remind you why he came. God created this world with a perfect design. As we read through the Genesis account of creation in Genesis chapter 1, over and over again, we read that as God was creating the world, he said, it is good. It is good. It is good. It is very good. And when God created humanity and placed them in the garden and God and man walked together and fellowship together, God had exactly what he wanted, the relationship with humanity. Someone who had the ability to choose to live with him and walk with him in relationship. And this was God's design, God's plan. And the only thing that man had to do was obey God in one thing. God placed in the middle of the garden a tree. And he told Adam and Eve of the fruit of all of the other trees in the garden you can enjoy except for this one tree, the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil. And when the serpent came and tempted Eve to partake of that forbidden fruit, the first thing he did was to try to convince her to question God. Has God really said that you must not eat the fruit of this tree or else you will surely die. And the serpent said, God knows that you won't really die the day that you eat that fruit. Really, you will become as God, knowing good from evil. The reality is what happened is not that man became like God, but man became a counterfeit God unto himself, seizing from God the right to define good and evil. Rather than trusting God's definition of good and evil and walking in obedience to him, they said, no, we want to decide for ourselves what is good and evil. And that was behind man's uh, attempt, uh, man's act of disobedience, was 
seizing control away from God. And when that took place, sin entered the world. Sin is simply anything that is contrary to God's will. Often sin is us simply trying to meet God-given desires and God-given appetites in a way that God has not designed for those things to be satisfied. Sadly, sin leads us to a place of brokenness. Brokenness. Someone has said that the most easily verifiable fact in all of the world is this fact, the brokenness of humanity. And we see this everywhere that we look in the world from the tragedies that happen, the storms that take place and lives are lost and property is destroyed, children losing lives in tragic accidents, sickness and disease and crime and punishment and the list could go on and on everywhere we look. We see the signs of brokenness in the world. Amen? Amen? Humanity tries in our own way to escape from that brokenness. We try through education and we try through good works and all of the attempts, all of the things that are happening in uh, the political offices of our world and our nation. I believe are simply man's attempt to organize the world in such a way that it allows us to escape the brokenness of our world. But God knew that there would only be one way ever to escape that brokenness that comes about because of sin. And it is what we understand as the gospel. The gospel is a word that simply means good news. You see, all the way back in Genesis chapter 3, when Adam and Eve committed the first sin and brought this brokenness upon us, God gave a promise. The reality was it was a promise not necessarily to humanity, but it was a promise to the serpent, to the devil, that one day, even though the serpent brought temptation and through temptation sin came about because of man's uh, purposeful rejection of God's will, God promised the devil that one day through the seed of a woman, the serpent's head would be crushed. And that fulfillment came through the story that the children acted out for you this morning. When the Virgin Mary conceived through the power of the Holy Spirit and brought forth her firstborn son and laid him in a manger, that was God coming into this world in the form of a baby wrapped in human flesh. Jesus then proceeded to grow up and live the human experience just like all of us. The Bible tells us that he was tempted, he was tested in every point like we are, yet without sin. He lived a perfect sinless life and then in his death on the cross he presented himself as the final sacrifice to make atonement for the sins of the whole world. 
The Apostle John tells us in his letter, the book of 1 John, by this we know what love is because Christ died for us and he gave himself as the propitiation, that is the atoning sacrifice, the sacrifice that turns away the wrath of God against sin. He did this to demonstrate the love of God. And then Jesus rose again on the third day to prove that he was who he claimed to be. God come in the flesh and that he actually had accomplished God's plan of redemption. And can I tell you, friends, that during this season of the year when we celebrate so much of tradition and so much of history and many of the things that we do and we participate in are just the things that we have done year after year after year. Like the little girl that wondered why her mom always cut the end off of the roast. Have you ever heard that story? And the little girl asked, Mom, Mom, why do you always cut the end off the roast? I don't know. That's just the way Grandma always did it. You'll have to ask her. Grandma, why do you always cut the end off the roast? I don't know. That's the way Great Grandma always did it. You'll have to ask her. Great Grandma, why do you cut the end off the roast? Because I don't have a pan big enough to fit the roast into. We often have traditions that we carry on, and they go on year after year. But can I tell you, friends, that the story of Jesus and the story of the gospel is not just a nice story. It's not just one of those traditions that we, that we celebrate and we remember year after year. Jesus is a fact of history. You can verify, you can study you can find for yourself that Jesus was a real person who actually lived and died by crucifixion and that he rose again. And men who have studied this, skeptics who have studied this, in fact, there are multiple examples of men who have set out to disprove the account of the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ and have ended up themselves converting to Christianity because they found that the evidence was so compelling and so overwhelming that they could not deny it. Jesus is God come in the flesh. He went to the cross taking our sins upon himself and then he rose again the third day. And because of Jesus, the door into God's kingdom is open now. And we can step into it now. You can receive eternal life now. And you think often of eternal life and being alive in God's kingdom as something that will happen in our lives one day by and by when we die. But it's not just something that will happen once a time, once upon a time. It's something that is available to us now. And friends, if you don't take advantage of it now and step into God's kingdom now, it will not be available to you to step into after time has passed. You see, today we stand on one side of God's word to hear it and to respond to the invitation. But the day will come when we stand on the other side of God's word to be judged according to our works. What is necessary for us now, friends, is simply this, to repent and believe the gospel. To admit that we are broken and sinful and needy people 
who stand in desperate need of the salvation that is provided to us through Jesus Christ when he died on the cross. But you see, friends, this is not the end. Many people you can talk to in the world today, and in fact, I would venture to say most of us that are probably here in this room this morning would say, oh yes, preacher, I remember the time back years ago when I prayed and I repented and I asked Jesus into my heart. But sadly, for a lot of people, that's where it starts and that's where it ends. Many people pray and confess their sins and receive Jesus into their heart and feel as if that is their ticket stamped to heaven. And now they, they don't have to worry about life. They can simply just wait until they die and they get to go to heaven when they die. But friends, can I tell you something kindly? God loves you just the way you are, but he is not content to leave you that way. He is not content to leave you that way. And God's design as we turn to him, we repent and believe in the gospel, is that we then begin to follow Jesus. And then God, through his grace and the power of the spirit, changes us and shapes us into the image of Jesus Christ so that we recover and pursue God's original design for humanity in the first place. This is the process that we call sanctification. It is God working in us through his grace and the power of his spirit to make us like Jesus. <clears throat> and if the gospel does not bring this about in your lives, what the gospel is intended to accomplish has not been completed in your life. Can I say that one more time and ask you, Listen up real closely. If the work of salvation, if the work of the gospel does not bring you to the point of following Jesus Christ in discipleship and being shaped and molded into his image, then the gospel and salvation has not accomplished in you what God intends for it to. And you see, friends, this is the big picture of why Jesus came. God made the world according to his own design, but, God, uh, but mankind deserted that plan, deserted that design. And we sinned and we went into a state of brokenness. But God sent Jesus bringing to us the gospel, the good news of the open door into God's kingdom. And by repenting and believing the gospel, trusting in the sacrifice of Christ on the cross, we can have not only our sins forgiven, but be reborn. We can be born again into a new life and adopted into God's family. And then we recover and pursue. We, we complete the circle. We begin turning back to God's original design as God works in us to shape and make us into the people that he wants us to be. This is the reason why Jesus came. He lived the perfect life that we could not live. He revealed God to us in a way that we could not otherwise understand or receive. And he paid the price that we could not pay. And friends, by trusting him, we can not only know that we are alive in God's kingdom and will go to heaven when we die, but we can become the kind of person now that God intends for us to be. Amen.
I'd like to ask the, the musicians to step back uh, to the instruments, please. We're going to go back to one of the songs that we sang earlier, O Little Town of Bethlehem. And sing one of the so one of the verses that we didn't sing earlier. Verse, I think it's page one sixty nine, in your hymn book. <clears throat> I want to invite you to stand with me, and as we close the service, let's sing verse number three of one sixty nine. And pay attention, especially to that last line that says, "Where me."